0: Luke chapter 1, and we'll be in verse 26 when you get there, Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. We looked at these verses last week, but I'm going to uh, uh, look at them maybe just a different way this morning, but... Luke chapter one and verse twenty six it says and in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary and the angel came in unto her and said hail thou that art highly favored the Lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and when she saw him she was troubled at the saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the day that we have. We're thankful for the time that we have to worship you and uh, to think about who you are and what you came to do. God, we're so thankful for this time of year because it helps us to remember that you didn't see Christ, uh, born of a virgin, uh, made in the image of a man like us, but one who was without sin, one who could die in our place. And God, we're thankful for the salvation that Jesus has provided and uh, we're so thankful for every blessing that you've shed upon us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 When you go looking in the Bible for the uh, story of, I guess you could call it the Christmas story, uh, you're going to find that the birth of Jesus is only recorded in four chapters of the Bible. You have Matthew chapters 1 and 2, and then you have Luke chapters 1 and 2. And there's only really a small amount of information that's given about Jesus' birth. And even less about his childhood once he began growing up. Each year around this time, there's always a struggle on what to say and which angle to approach the Christmas story. How do we make this message this year better than the one that was last year? And how to present the birth of Jesus in a fresh way because literally there's only limited information that we really have. But I realize that the reason that we celebrate the birth of Jesus is not just because he was born... Uh, but because of who He was and, uh, and who it was that had arrived, what He came to do. The accounts of Matthew and Luke tell us, and again give us very little detail about when and where Jesus was born because those things are not important. Whether He was born in a stable or behind an inn or in a cave down by a sheepfold, those things are not specific in the Word of God because it doesn't matter where He was born, it's how he was born, and it's uh, to whom he was born, and the purpose that he came to serve. They all go into great detail explaining the person that was born that day, however, almost every word spoken of him pointed not towards the baby in the manger, but towards the man that he would become, and the mission that he was sent to accomplish. And so I want us to look at three things about the man that was born that day The first thing I want us to see is that this man would be Emmanuel. And we find that in Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. So if you will, go ahead and turn there just briefly. Hold your place in Luke chapter 1. But go back with me to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. We have the angel speaking to Joseph who said... And she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. In verse 22 it says, Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the Lord, uh, spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, being interpreted, is God with us. What we find in these scriptures is that there was something That was extraordinary about this child that was to be born. And, of course, the man that he was to become. He was more than just a son being born that day. He was the son of God. This is the only time that has ever happened in history where the son of God was born. We find over in Luke chapter 1 and verse 32 in our original text. That he shall be created and shall be called the son of the highest. Uh, we find in, in our text then today that he was more than just a man, that he was God in man. In fact, in Matthew, when we look at that old prophecy that he should be called Emmanuel, the word Emmanuel means literally God with us. And so we see God being present among... His people. Now one thing that I want to point out. And I think is very necessary for us to understand. Is that Jesus was not like Hercules. He was not a demigod. He He was not half man half God. He wasn't just a son of God. When we say that Jesus was Emmanuel. Or when we call him the son of God. Literally what we're saying is that God came to earth in a human form. That we're, we're not. He wasn't just part God. He didn't have some of the power of God. He was God in the flesh. I think it's so interesting. When you look at John, I love the book of John because it shows us so much of who Jesus is, not just who he was, but who he is. And in John chapter one, and verse one, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now at that point, He doesn't tell us who the Word is. He just says that the Word, whatever His identity is, the Word was in the beginning with God and that He was God. In fact, as you continue reading on, it says the same was in the beginning with God. And it says that everything that was made was made by Him. So the conclusion that we can draw is that whoever this Word was... That he was with God, that he was God, and that he is the creator of everything that is. Then verse 14 tells us this. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. Who was that word? It was Jesus, the Christ. The angel explained to Mary how all of this could happen. If we look back in Luke chapter 1 and verse 34, uh, this is very interesting. In verse 34, it says, Then Mary said to the angel, How shall this be? He just told her that she's going to have a baby. How can this be, seeing I know not a man? And in verse 35, the angel answered and said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called The son of God. It's very important to understand that Mary was pure. She was a virgin. Therefore, having a child would have been impossible for her. The angel explained that God was going to take care of everything, that this would not be a normal pregnancy, that the Holy Spirit would perform a delicate procedure of planting the divine seed within the womb of Mary. Therefore, Jesus was the son of a pure virgin mother and the Almighty Heavenly Father. Look in Luke chapter 1, verse 37. In case you have any questions about how this could be possible, in verse 37 he says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Jesus is the virgin born sinless pure Son of God. In every sense of the word, Jesus is God with us. Not only is he Emmanuel, but he is, as we looked at last week, he is our Messiah. In Christianity, we become more familiar with the term Christ, but really they are the same exact term. They're the same exact words. When we say Jesus Christ, we are saying Jesus, the Messiah. Uh, Jesus or or Christ, excuse me, is the equivalent of the Hebrew term Messiah. They both mean the anointed one. For the Jewish people, the Messiah, or the Christ, was a long-awaited man of God who would be their king and redeemer. And since the days of David, Israel had been waiting for a king whose throne would be from everlasting to everlasting. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 5, he says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto, unto David a righteous branch, And a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. He promised, among many other promises, that there was an anointed a messianic king who would come, who would be from the uh, the line of David, from the lineage of David, and would rule forever upon his father's throne. Look at Luke chapter 1 and verses 31 through 33. It says there in Luke chapter 1, verse 31, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Now who would this Jesus be? He says, He shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. I want you to know that Jesus is not only God with us. He's not only Emmanuel, but he is the Messiah. But I want us to see one other thing that Jesus is today. And that is, He is the Savior. It's one thing to understand that He's God with us. It's one thing to acknowledge the fact that He must be the Messiah that's been promised and waited on. But the question this morning is, has He become your Savior? That's the most important answer you could question. A question you could answer. Excuse me. This year is—is is he your savior? Now the Jews were waiting for a king, but the prophecies of the Messiah do not begin with Israel's need for a king. Before promise, uh, Moses promised a prophet like unto himself. Before Jacob ever spoke of the scepter of Shiloh, before Melchizedek ever walked out to meet Abraham, there was a promise that was given all the way back in Genesis chapter three. You see, after Adam's sin in the garden, God made a promise. He said, The seed of the woman shall crush the head of the seed of the serpent. The seed of the woman shall crush the head of the seed of the serpent. What's so interesting about this statement is you never, ever, ever in Scripture find another instance where the seed of a woman is mentioned. It's always the seed of a man or the seed of his father. This says the seed of the woman... I think this picture is the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. The seed of the woman. What is He going to do? He's going to crush the head of the seed of the serpent. I'm going to tell you at the cross, that's exactly what Jesus did. He crushed the head of the serpent that day when He defeated sin and He defeated death. and gave victory uh, to all who would trust in Him. The mission of Christ reaches far past God's promises to Israel. And it confronts the problem with Adam, sin. Jesus did not only come to meet the needs of Israel and of that nation, but to address the very needs of humanity. Yes, Christ did come to fulfill the covenant with David, but He also came to fulfill God's covenant with Abraham, that all nations of the earth will be blessed. The angel said it all in Luke chapter 2 and verses 8 through 14. Let's look at what they said there. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14 it says, um, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord showed round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. We talked about that this past Wednesday night, that this was a Savior sent to all people. He says in verse 11, For unto you was born this day in the city of David A Savior. Not Emmanuel. Not a king. He's all of those things. But what the angels pronounced that day was that a Savior was to be born. Who is the Savior? Christ the Lord. This was Christ's mission to bring salvation to the world. Notice again that the angels did not announce a king that night. They announced the Savior. Matthew chapter one and verse twenty-one. When the angel was speaking to Joseph, said and she shall bring forth a son, and that shall call his name Jesus. For he shall do what? Save his people from their sins. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is God in the flesh. He is. He was one hundred percent man. 100% God, all at the same time. I don't understand it, I just by faith believe it. He was the Messiah, He was the promised King, and right now He holds every single right to the throne in Israel. And I'm going to tell you what He is to me. He's my Savior. He's my Savior. Because a little over 20 years ago, I knelt down in the corner of my pastor's uh, dining room. And I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ because I knew that I was a sinner. And I knew that I couldn't save myself. And I knew that there was no good in me that could ever earn salvation. I may not have known how to say all that, but I knew that I needed Jesus. And I asked for His forgiveness and for salvation. I called on His name and He saved my soul. He became my Savior. And I want you to know that He can do the same for you. There are many things that I hope you know when we go into Christmas. I hope you know that God's real. I hope you know that His Son is Jesus Christ. I hope you know that His Son Jesus is all God. I hope you know that He's the Messiah. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I hope all of that is in your minds as you sing all these praises, these wonderful songs that we have that exalt Jesus and exalt who He is. And I hope all that registers with you this year. But above all those things, I hope that as you go into this season that you not only know Him as God, that you not only know Him as King, but I hope you know Him as Savior this year. And if you don't, I want you to know you can. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. He died because that's what your sin earned you. He paid your sin's penalty. And the Bible tells us that if we will call upon the name of the Lord, that if you could turn from your sin and turn to Jesus Christ, and by faith uh, look to Him for salvation, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.